recording right now. And then you just edit everything anyways. Yeah, no, no. All of this stays in. <laughs> ah, 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 the pressure. <laughs> the pressure. All right. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Belated Box Office Podcast. If you've listened before, you know that this is the podcast where Pat and Jeff rate and review films despite uh, having no expertise or qualifications uh, to do so. Uh, some say we have no business doing so, others say we need to stop immediately, but, uh, you know, we're having fun. We're having fun. Uh, so we're gonna keep it going. Um, I'm Pat, and of course, uh, usually when I'm the one to speak first, that means that Jeff is, uh, is not here for this recording. In this case, he, uh, he was cleaning out his parents' attic and found a, uh, strange, uh, enchanted amulet that, uh, well, we haven't heard from him since, but I presume that he's, he's been transported to some kind of other realm and uh, is uh, kind of being a key player in helping a uh, oppressed peasant class of, uh, of people rise up against their evil uh, sorceress uh, warlord. So we wish him luck. We hope that uh, next week or next recording he will be back safe and sound. In the meantime, I'm taking the reins here, and I've got my good buddy Colton... Uh, who's come on to uh, to uh, be the co-host. Colton, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here, Patrick. All right. we uh, So we rated and reviewed a movie. Or I didn't rate it yet, so I'm just going to wing it. When I it comes didn't there. rate it either, so that's good. Well, you know, we'll cross, cross that bridge when we come to it. But uh, we did watch a movie, at the very least. And uh, we're here to uh, just give our, our review and our, our thoughts and musings on it. Um... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you haven't been on the podcast before, so I don't know if you want to talk about kind of like yourself in general and and uh, where you're coming from with movies. I like to I like to ask the guests like what wh- what's your movie watching habits like? Well, um, currently, I just try to watch movies that I can hear podcasts about afterwards um, because I watch and uh, too much about movies and I listen to it even more. From different podcasts I listen to, from mostly just '80s and '90s action movies, it seems to be the ones I'm catching up on lately. So you say you like you pick uh, movies based on like what's available for podcast reviews on them. Yes. So there's one podcast I listen to. I hate to uh, speak about your um, enemies competition. Competition. Yeah. Enemies. Yeah. Yeah, enemies P- of the foes. state. Yeah, yes. so don't don't mention them by name. Okay. Well, there's one certain one that uh, they go back and they um, do older movies that people watch frequently. And so, if I see a name on that list, then I will watch the movie and then I will listen to the podcast about said movie. I don't know what that podcast is, but I intend to destroy it. That's so understandable. I'm going to go hunting for it. And I've I've set my sights. I'll give you the name off the air, so that way there's no criminal. Like attachment to it. Yeah, afterwards. I don't have any. I'm not implicated. Yeah, and that's I'm not, fantastic. And I'm not an accomplice. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks, and I think that's legally binding. Yes. Neither of us are implicated. Exactly. This is weird having someone in the room to podcast with. I've literally never done that before. Jeff and I started this podcast out of uh, like kind of grasping at the last straws of our sanity during the height of the pandemic and and when lockdown was the most ferocious. Uh, when it was at its at its most powerful, 
So uh, it's just been habitually just, you know, meeting people on Discord and stuff. Right. And now you're here in the room in front of me. I know. Does it make it a better experience or a worse one? Do you feel more pressured? I, it's weirding me out just because yeah. this isn't my understanding of how podcast recordings are supposed to go. It's hard to, like, look into my eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Usually you're on, you're on a screen and there's, right. like, a level of disconnect. But, uh, but maybe with this can be a more comfortable experience. Now you're just making weird eye contact yes, with me to make it worse. Back, relax. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the show. This was a mistake. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I'll... Uh, it's probably better once you get used to it. I think so. Like this just... I think the best way is just talk, don't look at your screen, and we're good to go. Yeah. Like in like when people, people keep berating me in restaurants. Like, stop looking at the screen. Stop trying to catch Pokemon. Well, yeah. we're in the middle of having dinner. Yeah. I'm asking you your order. Please don't tell me that you are trying to use a Master Ball to collect your new Pokemon. There's no Master Balls in Pokemon Go, stupid. My apologies. Oh, you're fucking this up already. My apologies. This is not the belated video games podcast. <laughs> the belated video... I don't even know what that would mean. Um, yeah, no, this is a, this is weird, a weird experience because, like, this is... It's weird that this is a weird experience because this is normally how most podcast recordings would go... Since their inception throughout the 2010s, uh, probably probably earlier than that, but uh, it's it's pretty recent for most people who've been in it longer that like podcast recordings would be uh, remote. Yeah, it'd be like at the height of the or at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of the podcasts would have switched over to being remote, so that way they could continue on making their pennies uh, or dollars, whatever they decide to make, depending probably, on how large they are. Probably pennies in most cases. Most cases, or pennies. Or you're us, not even yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yet to see, I've yet to see any pennies from you people. Well, you need some ads. I mean, right now we can talk about uh, Tide to Go or Blue Diamond Almonds. Blue Diamond Almonds. <laughs> Just looking at random stuff in my office yes. to be like, yeah, I don't know, is this an advertising opportunity? Um, Yeah. So I think we're just walking around the uh, deep, dark, and uh, incredibly uplifting movie we just watched. I'm just we're just circling the hole, like dreading actually diving in. I think we're circling the island, and that's the biggest issue. When we should be just trying to get off the island. Sir, well, sir, we're circling. We're in a boat. We're circling the island. There's yeah. the one dock. There's only one dock. The captain's telling us to get off the said island, and we're like, we don't want to. Well, no, he's telling us to get off the boat and get onto the island. Right. But we don't want to. Right. jump in uh, we're, <laughs> i like that we're coming at this the exact opposite way like my metaphor is completely the opposite of yours um yeah i, I did want to say though because uh, uh from just a minute ago we were talking about like changes to pot the podcasting climate in the pandemic you remember at the beginning of the pandemic when like a lot i know you listen to a lot of podcasts too like yeah when they were maybe doing it remote for the first time and they'd have to, the banter would always be like, oh my god, this is so weird. Like, normally you're in the same room as me. Or, or that, or they'd even just be like, this is wild, guys. The world's ending. Yes, and also, a lot of the people that were doing the podcast at that time, they didn't have a uh, good setup. So there's a lot of people using, like, your their Apple earbuds to yeah, do there's it remotely. Like a learning curve yeah. to it. It's so like, oh, this sounds like shit for the yeah, first couple episodes. Yeah, really low and quiet like this. And then as the weeks went on, the podcast would get more and more better and you, there would be less scratches and rattles and yeah, definitely. And people soundproofed. And now a lot of it's the norm. Like, I think a lot of people do it just because it's easier. Yeah. Like anything else. It's it's just kind of funny, like, because uh, I'll go back to old podcast episodes if I haven't listened to them in a couple of years and, and the ones around, like, 
spring summer of 2020 when they're just saying this is wild like it, it immediately like dates it where i'm yeah. like oh this was in 2020 because yeah. everybody's looking around like how can this be reality and not to make this too much about the pandemic but also they were just like there's ah, a pandemic there must this pandemic must be almost done i mean we've been at this for three months surely two weeks flatten the curve and we're gonna be back yeah this yeah is- just let everybody go and get it everybody whoever like can survive great, survival of the fittest. <laughs> okay. That was the conversation for I a don't lot. know what podcast you were listening to. <laughs> the Great Beyond. But I think it rhymes with the Schmo Schmogan experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this is uh it's wild that we've never talked about that on the podcast before because like I said, ours was and we we can't be the only one, but ours was conceived during and as a result of the pandemic yeah if you couldn't uh see your buddy because of it and you live far away so this is a good way to chat with your buddy i figured rather than like create a whole new reality for myself where i'm a federal marshal from boston yeah um that maybe making a podcast was perhaps a healthier outlet so maybe jeff's just in boston then maybe that's his reality that he went to maybe he's actually my psychiatrist he could be your psychiatrist (laughs) yes well, we've circ- I think we've circled around the island long enough, and the- there's bluffs on all sides. Uh, so let's uh, let's pull into port here. Um, I'll just uh, kick off, like I often do, and I'll say this week uh, we watched Shutter Island, a movie that was released in 2010 by Paramount Pictures, and stars Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo. Ben Kingsley, and Michelle Williams. It was written by, uh, this is going to be a mispronunciation, I'm sure, uh, Lita Calogridis, and it was directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, And this is normally where we jump in and explain the plot, uh, which this season I've been doing kind of like, you know, without notes. I haven't taken notes, I've just kind of improvised it, but uh, that seems like a fool's errand with this movie, so I'm just facing... Now that we've pulled into port and I'm looking at Shutter Island, I am facing a whole lot of regret. So, I would just like to, we should discuss this. Do we talk about the movie with, like, we're talking about the plot. Do we talk about it as if we don't know the last 20 minutes of the movie? That's a great question. I was wondering that too. So, we should probably decide. So, um, I mean, goes without saying, because with every episode, spoilers are impending. Uh, for this twelve-year-old movie, for anyone who who cares, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be saying spoilers. We're gonna be talking about the plot plot points and uh, the reveal of like a key twist. Um, Probably I don't know. a movie with one of the largest twists, a pretty big twist. Yeah, and it, it, so I'm gonna tell you the honest truth. I watched the movie last night after watching it for not watching it probably 10, 11 years. Right. Didn't hardly remembered it. Didn't even remember like the full twist. Made it so the movie I understood a little better, and then I watched an hour and forty minutes of it before I came here. Okay. So okay. I have watched it all the way through, and then rewatched a big chunk of it. So so it makes more sense to me. Oh yeah, I've I've done that before. I think yes, with five, but this like, one in particular, I felt like watching. It's either a ridiculous advantage on my part, because uh-huh. last night when I was watching it, this movie just like I couldn't understand what was going on. Right, <laughs> and then now it's just like I kind of do. Okay, yeah, okay. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, like it, it's good for us to uh, kind of look into 
kind of our experience, past experience of the movie where we're coming from. Um, so you kind of beat me to the punch there. My apologies. No, no, it's good. It's good. Um, for me, it's uh, this was a first watch for me. Yeah. I knew about, like, I liked Martin Scorsese when this movie came out, so I'm surprised that I never got around to it till now, because it's always one I was interested in seeing. Um, but I did know, and this has happened on the, we've talked about this podcast before, because of the concept of our, our podcast, where we talk about movies that are older, they've been around for a bit, we don't talk a lot of, about a lot of new stuff, we right. usually review stuff that's been around for a long time, sometimes a very long time, and uh, there's some phenomena you get used to when you're kind of catching up on old classics, one of them is, you know, it's a movie that's like, if, if there's a twist, you already know the twist. If there's a big reveal, you've already seen the big reveal talked about and, uh, you, you know, spoiled and, and parodied. But that's another one is like, you see, uh, another big one you see, that I didn't get in this movie, but you'll see uh, something uh, that you'll realize has been a, par- a parody you've been watching your whole life. Right? Like, oh, that's why so many comedy movies have, have talked shit about it. It's a parody of this movie. I never knew that. But yeah, much like I think I had the same experience with the Shawshank Redemption, is I never got a chance to watch the movie without knowing um, the the premise that you're not necessarily supposed to know going into it. Um, so that definitely col- colored my experience. I think you would have enjoyed the movie more knowing the twist, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I feel kind of hot and cold on it. Right. But I'll get to that. I don't want to give away my final, like, rating and reviewing right now. So, yeah. Um, we do have a decision to make. I don't know what your feelings are. I think it might be fun to go through the plot synopsis without revealing the twist until it comes into the story. I'm sure we'll do this without any spoilers with no issues. I mean... <laughs> I didn't say there'd be no issues. I just said that might be a, a good way to... That's probably the best way to do it, because then we can describe the bit at the end. All right. Well, it's going to make it tougher on me to, to kind of put everything in its place. But yes. uh, we'll give it a shot anyway. So uh, so our uh, our main character is Teddy Daniels, federal marshal yeah. from Boston. He mentions a couple times. And uh, he is a uh, he's investigating the disappearance of a uh, an inmate, not an inmate. He's saying prisoner. They keep saying patient. A, a patient at this uh, mental asylum in the 1950s on this cloistered island called Shutter Island. I don't remember if uh, what was the the name of the asylum itself. It wasn't just called like the Shutter Island Asylum. I only hear them describe it as Shutter Island, but I think they have a name for it. In any case, him and his uh, partner. Um, played by Mark Ruffalo, they uh, they visit uh, Shutter Island to uh, to investigate uh, this disappearance of this woman, uh, Rachel Salando, and they're met by uh, Doctor John uh, Crowley, uh, who's played by Ben Kingsley. Great performance. I really liked him in this movie. I don't watch too many movies where Ben Kingsley is bad, mm-hmm. and but yes, this one was very good. Uh, everyone was good, I think, in this, but. Yeah, Ben Kingsley, especially so. Um, and they they uh, they continue to uncover uh, you know strange thing strange goings on um, at this uh, asylum. It seems like it doesn't it kind of early on kind of gives you the sense that not everything's really above board there, if I remember. Yeah, um, everything. It's a different kind of asylum. They 
consider it more of a hospital than they do at least ben kingsley's character does he's the one who's kind of a proponent of more like talk therapy rather than you know just overly over medicating everybody yeah physical violence medication lobotomization all the tropes of the 50s yeah 1950s where you know here and and even more so before like there was not a lot of mental health care no it was basically just a block to put people in on an island and you keep them there until they die there's then, no rehabilitation. Yeah, this is a center for, like, the criminally insane. That's why on the cloistered island, this isn't people that are like, you know, I'm depressed. These are people that, like, went crazy and fucking, like, murdered a bunch of people. And this is for your John Wayne Gacy's and, yeah. and what have you. Nobody from here is going to go back to the regular life afterwards. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, where does it, uh, it kind of come in that not everything's... Uh, on the up and up, Ben's King, Ben Kingsley's more. Uh, he he thinks that uh, you know uh, uh, medication should be you know done in moderation, and then something as as drastic as a lobotomy should be like a last resort. But he he mentions, oh, we're fighting a war against those that just want to jump right to those last resorts right away. Um, we eventually learn that uh, that that Teddy. Uh, Teddy Daniels has uh, volunteered for this project because he knows of a particular uh, patient there named Andrew Laetus, who he says is an arsonist who uh, who killed his wife, who started a fire that killed his wife and a few people in her apartment. Or... Yeah, he was the super for the building, as far as I recall. And yeah, he was a firebug. And yeah, while he was away, the building caught fire. Mm-hmm. And due to his participation in it a little bit of foreshadowing here but it's kind of interesting that he's remembers it as an apartment yeah like everything just it seems to be that he's just trying to take himself away from any form of scenario mm-hmm. but anyway, we'll get to that we'll get to that don't get ahead of us now yes we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> but um yeah, he and his uh, he he reveals to his partner that he's there because of Andrew Latus, and then later on, and like you can see, it, you can see like his his story doesn't add up mainly because there are so many moving parts to it that kind of come out of nowhere. Like part of it is like this Andrew Latus, this arsonist who killed my wife. I'm here to find him, but he just gets brought up randomly. Like the story, it just it almost seems segmented in sections. It is segmented because then there's the other thing where he's saying uh, he talked to some. I can't remember what the character's name was but he talked to some guy who said george uh george something yeah he he talked to him who said he's he didn't he say he found him before i tracked him down i found him and he said that they're doing yeah experiment like government experiments to learn to control people for military purposes or yeah something he's, messed a, up he's like a that. detective of course so he was able to find him and then... so he's kind of like going rogue yeah he's like i'm saying that i'm here to find this missing woman but in actuality I'm here to find this arsonist who killed my wife, but also, in actuality, I'm here to investigate these alleged experiments for nefarious government purposes. It's all just, like, layers on layers of stuff you didn't need. He's doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's there on... You know what? He's got a lot of side quests open. You yeah. know when you go, you don't follow the main quest for a bit and you just pick up side quests, but you don't finish yeah. them off, and then you're like, let's talk to this guy, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, I can't find my goat, and you're like... Oh, fuck, like, now Find Goat is right here in my side quest list. I got, like, seven or eight of them. But it seems like he's collected the goat, but he hasn't returned it to the guy yet. It's just in his inventory. 
So, yeah, it becomes hard to follow, which, like, later makes sense. It does. It just makes it very hard to follow off the get-go. But I think you, like, you, I just finished watching this tonight. You yeah. watched it a couple days ago, and I think we both messaged each other in the in the midst of our view, and you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? It was probably, like, right around the same time being like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm watching this, and all of a sudden, like, they're bringing in so much stuff, and I'm just like, how is this going to conclude? And what is and it goes with the most boring conclusion out of all the threads where it could have gone. It does, yeah. Um, right. So uh, yeah, eventually he. Uh, so there's uh, three different buildings that they talk about right off the get go. Well, there's four the, if you can't the lighthouse. That's true. There's four. There's the boys' wing, the girls' building. There's the insane asylum that nobody's allowed to go yeah, into. Yeah, where the That's, most dangerous exactly. inmates are. And then there's the lighthouse, and they talk about like. Clearly, they say you can't go into the insane asylum without approval, which means right. at some point they're going to go into the insane asylum without approval. Well, yeah. If they talk about that, it's going to happen. Chekhov's gun, right? Exactly. It's got to have a payoff. Yeah. Imagine if there's just like, and don't go in there because that's where the spooky, interesting stuff is. Then the movie just ends exactly. without. Yeah, of course they are. And also, the base of this, there's a storm happening throughout this whole scenario of being on the island. So that is interfering with the theme of the movie. So, um, interfering with the theme, I think, think? It, I it's think like a it, mainly a convenient plot point to keep them there is like an explanation why the the marshals can't like leave as soon as they got some stuff to report. Yeah, but I guess we'll have to talk about that at the end of the. I think we're kind of there. Okay. I mean, that's the only other thing is that uh, okay, so Teddy starts seeing vision. Right, he starts having these waking dreams. Yeah, they're um, on there for a couple of days also. So it's been like. Two days, three days. He sleeps a couple times. It's at least two. Yeah, I think it's so. Three every or four. time he sleeps, he has these wild, vivid dreams about his past life and the war. He's a war veteran. Yeah, the war and like these kids, like this uh, this Rachel Solando that they that's gone missing is is in there because she drowned her three kids in a river or in a lake or something. And um, yeah, so once he once he finds out that. Uh, if he finds out that like in the lighthouse they're doing is where they do lobotomies and then it becomes a whole thing of uh you know he he thinks he he's found rachel who's saying that you know they're putting drugs in your food or like he's like i got a headache they give him aspirin and the aspirin's supposed to be you didn't take the aspirin you didn't smoke the cigarettes you didn't smoke their cigarettes did you and he's like oh fuck yeah well i didn't bring my own so i gotta smoke theirs well he brought his own but they got rained on right Yes. Remember when they're in the, uh, they're like a mausoleum at some point, like, weird enough that there's a, or or like some building that's like in the graveyard, right? Yes, they're in a mausoleum there, and then that's... Why is there a mausoleum? Is there like an ancient noble duke who died on Shutter Island? Could have been the warden who, uh, built the, built the island. Count Dracula's mausoleum is on this island all, all of a sudden. It's also what they discuss on there is the, um... This spot was built during the Civil War. Right. And the um, officer's quarters or the oh, that would marshal's make That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. He does mention that because they got this huge, lavish... It's, it's an elaborate, oh. gorgeous, like, tin roof ceiling. You get the beautiful wood fireplace. Tin roof. Yes, tin ceiling. Rusted? Yes. Um, and so I'm guessing that guy, after he was court-martialed, might have been put in the mausoleum. I don't know. That sounds like a... That sounds like a... I mean, if you're going to get court-martialed and killed, I mean, the mausoleum is the best place for you to go. 
Yeah, go out in style. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. So anyway, once he uh, once he finds out that he's been given these visions, there's also he's also suspicious that the his partner uh, Chuck, Agent Mar- Marshall Chuck, disappears, and he's like, uh, "Where's Marshall Chuck?" And he's uh, worried that they're gonna lobotomize him or something. And there's this whole thing when he meets. The, the, okay, this is this is where, w- without giving away the twist, uh, for another little minute here. This is this is where my frustration with the movie comes in because when he meets Rachel in this cave, I'm like, oh fuck, this is where the movie's getting good. Yeah, we've, but it wasn't found, actually getting good. We found Rachel. Like, there, yeah, found Rachel, Rachel. Rachel is real, and Rachel gives it up, and she's like, they're doing testing, like they learned this from the Nazis. They're doing all these nefarious tests to like learn to control someone to make them like unfeeling soldiers. And uh, this, what does she say? She she says it in a way like. Oh, in in like fifty years, they're gonna look. This is gonna be ground zero for where this happened. And then you're like, oh shit! Like Marshall Teddy Daniels here, like he's got to save the world. Like it all comes down to this. And I'm like, no, this movie's getting good. Yeah, now it makes sense why he was there and why they were able to make a movie for it. But then, but then, <laughs> I think we're there now. Yeah, I think we're there. We he's uh he's been looking for eight. Uh, who is sixty seven? There's 66 prisoner, or prisoners, I keep doing the same thing he does, 66 patients on this island, and he's uh, he's thinking there's a secret 67th patient, and he can't figure it out. Lo and behold, once he gets to the lighthouse to look for his supposedly missing partner, there's Ben Kingsley, uh, Dr. Crawley, um, who reveals he's patient 67. Teddy Daniels, Marshall Teddy Daniels doesn't exist. He's Andrew Latis. Mind-blowing. Chuck, Chuck, uh, I'm, I'm resisting saying his name. A-U-L-E, Chuck, Ol, Ollie? I don't know, man. It doesn't matter because it's not his real name. It's not his name. He's Dr. Lester Sheehan. Yes. Uh, he's like his main uh, attending uh, psychologist. And uh, basically they put together this elaborate ruse uh, to, to re- remind this guy of like a traumatic past that he's forgotten. So in fact, uh, he's Andrew Latus. Uh, his wife, Dolores, Dolores Chenal, which is a anagram, is it an anagram? Anagram. For Rachel Solando, um, because she was like bipolar or something, right? She, uh, or they said manic depressive. Yeah. Was the term they used in the 50s. Um, she drowned their kids in the lake. Uh, yes. and he, uh, and he killed her. He, he shot her when he, uh, when he got home and found out. By the way, they live in a lake house. They didn't live in an apartment to begin no. with. Which, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff throws you. There is, like, there's, the last 20 minutes is where everything, like, I don't know if it becomes interesting, but it all, like, pieces everything together, and during those 20 minutes you have to try to remember the other two hours of the movie being, like... That amounts to nothing now, exactly. where it's just, so like, it's like, this oh, is right. a cool quest, where, <laughs> I keep saying quest, like, this is a cool, like mystery where it's going to turn out that he's going to thwart this cool this nefarious plan and like and like it all comes down to this and he's going to like change the annals of history and then it's like nope yeah he's just a a wife murderer who freaked out and forgot who he was built up this fictional uh kind of world to protect himself from from the trauma of what he did there is a very small moment though in the lighthouse where you think that oh the Ben Kingsley's character is actually the enemy 
And right. He's trying to, and even before that too. Yes, he's they're when trying... he's like, "What partner? You came here alone." And then you're like, "Oh fuck, this guy." Yeah, they're trying to make it so he is truly insane, like Andrew Latus, or actually Teddy. What's his last name? So okay, well Teddy Daniels Teddy is the Daniels. federal marshal. Yes, so they're trying to make it seem like Teddy's been there the whole time, which he has. Like he is a patient, but they made it seem like he's. He thinks he isn't, and they are trying to tell him he is. After one of the people, like Rachel, said that they're going to do that to you. They're going to mix that up for you. So you automatically think, oh, well, Ben Kingsley's going to be the bad guy. So he shoots Ben Kingsley. But he what? doesn't. But he doesn't really shoot Ben Kingsley. <laughs> it's like I did. I saw. I, I know what you got to because yeah. I saw when he saw shoots, him. but doesn't yeah. shoot Ben Kingsley. I didn't follow it, a word okay. you just fucking said for the last in, five minutes in the cave. Rachel tells him that they're going to tell him that he is insane. Right. They're going to try to keep him on the island. He's not going to get off the island. So when he gets in the lighthouse, you see Ben Kingsley sitting at the desk. And Ben Kingsley's telling him that he's really Andrew Latus. Yeah, so you're thinking, oh, this is what Rachel this warned him exactly about. This is exactly what uh, what Rachel warned him about. But it's really when the gun, when he fires his, he gets his gun back. He's like, now I got my gun, fuck yeah. you, and he shoots him. And for a minute, he hallucinates the blood. Yeah, you're in his mind the whole time, and you don't mm-hmm. realize that you're actually in his mind until he shoots the gun, blood's everywhere. He and shoot- then it isn't. Exactly. And then it's like it was, a wooden toy, wooden gun. He just breaks in half. He's yeah. like, what the fuck is this? And you're like, yeah, he you look, actually are delusional, He pal. looks back at Ben Kingsley. There's no blood everywhere, which makes sense now because the blood looked cartoonish throughout the <laughs> film. And it makes sense because it's all in his mind. All right, then. <laughs> I'll, I'll assume that makes sense. It was, um, yeah, that was, well, that's that. Um, and then we should mention the, the it, it gets even bleaker because Ben Kingsley reveals that, uh, you know, when he was talking about fighting war, he was, it, he was really trying to stave off like the state's orders that this guy's to be lobotomized because yes. he is a violent, dangerous, delusional, criminally insane this person. This is his last chance. This is their, everyone's last chance. So they set up this elaborate role play to try to break through to him and get him to, uh, Get him to realize these repressed memories, because the alternative is lobotomy. Yeah. And if Which, this guy gets lobotomized, then it's gonna set a precedent. So that's how, you know, the, the mentally ill are going to be treated going forward. as kind of as a matter of course. You it, get the when when he says that, right? He's yeah. you get the feeling that there's a lot at stake. It takes everything that Ben Kingsley's character wants to, like, establish as order, and just throws it out the window because he wants talking he wants no medication less medication he doesn't like lobotomy yeah he's a little he's kind of woke for his time like he's yeah. like yeah well you know that's it lobotomy's bad medication can be useful but shouldn't be used yeah. in lieu of you know talk therapy and other forms of treatment yeah. so to break this, through to people this will set him back 20 years probably yeah exactly yeah so then he's like okay i realize he's saying okay i'm andrew latus i killed my wife i accept reality and they're saying, well, you've done this before, and it's just loop back. Well, guess what happens the very next scene? Shit fucking loops back, and they're like, all right, pal, come yeah. on, come on in the lighthouse. We just want to show you something uh, really neat. But this is the last time you presume that he'll be going to the lighthouse. He's going to, yeah, he goes to the lighthouse. He gets, he gets lobotomized. Game over. Yeah, presumably. Well, yeah. With that, they don't show it on scene, but it's clearly happened. The end. Yeah. And then the credits roll, and there's not even a fun little scene at the end 
where Wong shows up. I'm okay to with set that. up the sequel and make it feel a little lighthearted. I didn't need to see him actually get lobotomized at at the end credits. No, no. no. So yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we just spent a shitload of time talking about. Um, the plot. We don't usually break down the plot beat for beat like it's that. It's a complicated film to try I don't know. to explain. Yeah, I don't know how else we could have done it. No. But, uh, yeah, so that's the movie. And uh, I, th- I think I've made some of my frustrations known where, like, the, the, they they spend so much time, like, setting up, setting up this plot. And then there's a twist that I think makes it, like, a little bit less interesting. So I, I after going back and watching the movie, like, a one and a half times i guess i went back and i looked at different key points oh yeah and i just wanted to like describe a couple of them to you because when watching it initially um i didn't notice these as like acting so all of the people that work at on the island are part of this scheme yeah so like one of the nurses was pretending to be rachel yeah, one there of were two Rachels. One was played by the nurse; the other was a total hallucination. Yeah. And the patient. So uh, one of the examples is um, in the cafeteria. They're talking to one of the patients, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Like, explain to me, Doctor Sheen." And she's like, "Well, he's very attractive." And then the camera pans to Mark Ruffalo's character, mm-hmm. who is Doctor Sheen, exactly. Yeah. But they told him, and also very attractive. Yes, but they told him that everybody that he was on holiday. So okay. there's these little clues throughout. Oh yeah, that's true. They did say that, that they sent him on yeah on a so vacation. There's just these little clues, like you don't realize that. Oh yeah, they're leaving these breadcrumbs until you watch the movie to its entirety, or you've caught the end of the uh, spoilers. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure on a set, I probably won't do another rewatch, but I'm I sure if I to. did, then I'd catch a lot of great stuff. And yeah, I did catch a uh, things here and there because, like I said, I, I'd heard of what the twist of this movie was so i didn't have the luxury of going in totally cold which probably would have made things a lot better just a couple others uh he's scared of the water and this very start of the uh, right movie and he's also seasick he's totally seasick yes so that from the could probably be because his children were drowned in the water right okay i'll give you that one yeah um say um he also says Personally, Doctor, I'd say screw their sense of calm um, to Ben Kingsley when they're talking about all of these patients are murderers. Yeah, he has no sympathy for them. Exactly. But he is one of them. Right. He but doesn't. so is his wife who took his children yes. from him. Makes sense why he'd feel like that. Yeah. Uh, also, they won't give him the patient's files because he is a patient. That's all confidential. Okay. If he was an actual marshal, they'd be able to give him the files. Just there's like... 15 of those <laughs> okay that i found like i wanted to right yeah so uh we didn't talk about this movie made uh eight or this movie made 294 million dollars that's pretty good it was they only they made it with 80 million dollars so they did pretty good um for 80 million i mean there are parts where you can kind of tell that seems well that seems about on par because it's scorsese so he's gonna get a lot of money and yeah. the cast is really great, so a lot of money, I'm sure, went to the cast. Yeah, and Scorsese does a lot of stuff like with practical effects instead of... There were some green screens that I got. Yes, like, well, the blood. This is obviously cheap green screen. Yeah. When they're driving through the through the woods a couple times. I, I found this movie kind of dragged in the middle of things. That's like, when we messaged each other, too, was right in the middle. Cause there and was it was just... nothing but like dream sequences 
And I'm like, enough with the fucking dream sequences. And the dream sequences are over the top too. Like there's this beautiful, yes. like there's this elegant music going on throughout them, but they just don't make any sense. Like the girl, uh, his wife is like caught on fire in one of them, and then you find out it's because he thought the apartment was on fire. But why does that matter if it didn't actually happen? Like that whole dream sequence where she like envelops in ash. Yeah. Like. I could have been saved five minutes there. I did not need that. It was a long movie. You don't really need... You could have cut out, like, at least half of those. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they didn't... It was just too much, like, okay, I get it. It's being overused. The the shock of it has worn off. Yeah, I think we're on the same page about that. And, yeah. like, I, I could... Like, this is a cool... Like, that's a cool setting i like the setting of shutter island like shutter island itself is kind of the best part of this movie it's like a character in and of itself yeah it's you 50s, could have a, and 50s insane asylum you, you could have a great mystery there if they kind of played this as straight as a mystery i might have even liked it more i don't know yeah i think you're right about that like the the mystery like the conclusion afterwards just kind of like i don't know it just kind of fizzles out it fizzles yeah it's a little bit of a fizzler yeah but i can't i can't say i didn't enjoy it like Towards the end, I started to enjoy it more. I was very up and down with how much I was doing this movie at any given point. Yeah, at one point I was about to give up on the movie. And the the beginning, I kind of enjoyed. And then I gave you a backhand. I was like, you'll sit the fuck down. <laughs> yes, exactly. You will. We review in half a movie. You with. will do this. <laughs> we have a budgeted set time. <laughs> yeah. So that's, well, yeah, I think that's the long and short of it. So um, I don't know if you have any other notes you want to touch on before we go to our... Are maybe our final thoughts and our ratings here? I just have a couple. So, this is Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio's fifth movie. Well, he's they've been together for five movies. This is this the fifth one? This is not the fifth one. The fifth one. Well, I want you to name the five movies. This is we're doing trivia. Oh no! Yeah, that's <laughs> you are the trivia whiz. Oh geez, I wonder if that that could be like a whole after hours episode. Yeah, I once ambushed Jeff with uh, a trivia. Uh, a, a trivia uh, challenge, and he, he didn't appreciate it. Now I see why. So I guess this is karma for me. So Yeah. All right, let's do it. So Scorsese has directed Caprio, DiCaprio five times. Five times. Okay, so this is one. Yeah. The other one's The Departed. Yes. Where he's uh, still doing the same accent. Second one for Boston, yes. How's how's your mother? A1. No, oh, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> supposed to go, oh, yeah, she's tired from fucking my father. <laughs> That wasn't even DiCaprio who said that, but that's <laughs> that's one of the only things and the best thing I remember from The Departed. I love The Departed. Um, okay. Uh, Scorsese directing DiCaprio. I don't know if I'm going to have any others. Let me think here. Um, I mean, he wasn't in, like, the old one. He wasn't in Casino. He wasn't in Goodfellas. I don't think he was around for Raging Bull. What the fuck else would he have been? Do you want um, me to just announce them? No, give me a good shot. Yeah, maybe, okay. maybe I'll I'm not going to give you more. any hints because I don't think you'd appreciate hints. You're a man of true trivia. Or give me, give me some, give me a hit for for one of them. <laughs> okay, he was in he one. Didn't do the Revenant? Did he? No, no, that's not Scorsese. Okay, so you have The Departed, you have Shutter Island. So there's th actually three more movies. Right. Um, there's another one with Daniel Day Lewis. Gangs of New York. Yes. Okay. Okay, and... I don't know if I realized that was Scorsese. Yes. Uh, there's another one with uh, Margot Robbie. 
Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street. I bet you. I'm, I don't think I'm going to get the last one. Uh, the other one has Kate Blanchett. It's not well, not Titanic. That was Kate Winslet. Yeah. No, I don't know. I give up. The Aviator. The Aviator. Yeah. That was Scorsese? That was Scorsese. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing I wanted to talk about. So, there's those five movies. Mm-hmm. Some people would say those are great movies. I'm not one of those people. I think they're up and down. Okay. So, this movie was all right. Didn't hate it. Um, yeah, we'll didn't rank it. it afterwards. The Departed, pretty good. I really enjoy The Departed. Haven't seen it since... Uh, like maybe one or two times. I I should do a rewatch. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for mom movies. It's got Jack Nicholson. It's got it's got the whole Boston clan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, uh, Kayla came out. Like I, I watched this movie. Kayla wasn't interested, but she came in and out of the room a couple times. And at one point, she's like, uh, "Where where DiCaprio's there? And he's a federal. I'm a federal marshal from Boston." And she's like, "Is that the guy?" She did a free association there. She was like, "Is that the guy from Goodwill Hunting?" I'm like, "Kind of close, but no. I, I, yeah, maybe the accent." She's like. We saw him in another movie that was like a cop movie that we liked him. And I'm like, The Departed. And she's like, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, same director, same over-the-top Boston accent. And so, that guy was from... And Matt Damon was in there, which yeah. was from Goodwill Hunting. And she's like, she, she just kind of nodded and went, they're both good. And then she left through. She got what she needed out of it. Just be like, oh, that's an actor I like. Bye. I don't know how, but Christy watched like the second time I watched this movie. She watched it with me. Okay. And she watched it the same half last night until she fell asleep. So she's seen the first half twice. She's seen the first half twice. Well, that but counts. Not, but not the end. That counts. She's seen yeah. it. So, like, of, like, Scorsese's movies, like, he is a phenomenal actor. I would say that... Director. Director. Uh, I, I don't would know say if he's a good actor. I think he's played himself on Saturday Night Live actually, a couple yeah, of times. Actually, yeah, you're right. He isn't a great actor. He was in one movie at one point. I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, these are not his... Some of these are his best movies, but other ones, I would not say they're... I'd say they're much lower on the list. So, yeah, Departed's good. Uh, what else do we have? Wolf of Wall Street, still haven't seen it. That's probably going to be an episode later. All I'm so going to say up. is phenomenal. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks. I love the movie. Um, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. It? Man, I gotta see that. I think I've had that on Blu-ray for, like, years. I'm still in the plastic. So, shame on me. Should be better than it is. Shame on me. That, oh, really? Yeah. I've heard it's great. And the um, Aviator, I've tried three times and I can't get through it. The Aviator, I said, no, 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 I'm thinking of the one with James Franco. He, he, there was one that came out with James Franco around the same time where he was a pilot. Okay, they might, it might have started off as the same movie and then, due to like, di- studio disputes, it forked out into two movies. That yeah. happens sometimes. So Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the best actors that Hollywood has. Great actor. Martin Scorsese, one of the best directors Hollywood has. Okay. <laughs> Probably, yeah. like, of uh, like that's no, been no, he's great. that's yeah, been he's around great. for this extended time. Like Steven uh, Spielberg, um, Quentin Tarantino, he's in that breadth of people. Like, if you think of top ten, he's probably in that list. I'll put him in the top ten for most popular. Yeah, we'll say popular. Good, he's good. I yeah. like I like a lot of Scorsese stuff. But in my opinion, why aren't the movies that the two of them are combined in better? Hmm. Good idea. Maybe it's kind of like too much of a good thing's not a good thing. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's like when an, uh, an unstoppable force hits an immovable object. I don't know. We could that That's a whole episode that we can use on that. Is that the end of your trivia challenge, or do you got more to torture me? Well, um, that's the end of the trivia, really. Um, then also, um, in so this would have been nominated for Oscar buzz in 2011. This was uh, nominated for zero Oscars. Okay. 
Um, no Oscars at all. No Oscars at all. Uh, so that's sad. There are ten movies on this list. I'm not going to ask you for trivia because that would be a nightmare. The King's Speech, 127 Hours, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, also Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. He was in two movies in 2010. It's a good year. Yeah. The Kids Are All Right. Never heard of it. Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. Would you rank this movie higher than any of those movies that you have seen? Let me see the list. Let me see. All right, so we got The King's Speech. Yeah. Haven't seen it. It won. 127 hours, haven't seen it. Last one, haven't seen it. Honestly, I've seen... Oh, okay, well, I've only seen two of these. I've seen Toy Story 3. I've seen True Grit. I would put You've seen this, Inception. I have not seen Inception. Not the whole thing, at least. Okay. Not wow. enough to say I've seen it. Um, Yeah, out of the... T- I mean, it's a uh, sad list for me, but out of the two that I've seen, no, I don't think I'd put it above either one. But also, that brings me to another point. Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, I know Leonardo DiCaprio is already on this list with Inception. Uh-huh. Usually, with those two types of people partner up, they would have Oscar buzz. This movie yeah. didn't have that. I don't know, because Scorsese's had like, a great stable of actors in his early years and like never won Best Picture. And Leo Until had Until The Departed, which was kind of like too little, too late, sort of. Yeah. Like around the times, like people were like, okay, that's the Academy just giving him an apology Oscar. Like, sorry we didn't give you an Oscar for all the great stuff. Like, sorry we didn't give you Best Picture for Goodfellas, even though we should have. But we'll give it to, what's this called? The Departed? Fine. And then Leo, too. He, like, was always a contender to win Best Picture. Oh, yeah. That was, like, memed. Exactly. I remember that was that was memed into the ground like Leo not winning a winning an, a best acting yeah, Oscar. And then they gave it to him in The Revenant. I was about to well give me a second. <laughs> I couldn't remember either. That I was thinking was at the same be time my as first you. guess. <laughs> well that's good. It's his For only... <laughs> the record, we were both equally right. Yes. No, no. Whoever rings in first gets the points. Yeah. But well done, yeah. sir. I'm I'm just thinking out loud that those two this could have been an Oscar contending movie. Yeah. It was probably, it might have even been staged that way. It was. It should have been better than it was. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I think that that's much great star, to. That much star power. You got Ben Kingsley, you got Mark Ruffalo, Shell Williams. Like, it should have gotten something and it got nothing. Well, I think that uh, brings us uh, pretty neatly into our final, uh, kind of our final rating and review. I think we've given our thoughts. Enough people know where we stand on this film. Uh, what what do you think for a rating? You know that we have our, our trademark 3.5 star rating system. So what would you give this out of three and a half stars? Yes, three and a half stars. The basic algorithm for scoring. Um, we'll give it three and a half. God. I'm going to give it a one. A one? A one. Wow. That's low. I really did not enjoy this movie. Hmm. I wanted to enjoy this movie, but it's just... I I couldn't enjoy it. And I know I'm in the minority for that. I did enjoy chunks of it, so I think I got I definitely gotta go higher than a one. Yeah. Um do I wanna put it at a at or above a two? It's less than two thirds. That's bad. Yeah, no, I don't wanna be too harsh. I wanna be balanced here, so ultimately this was a fine use of my evening. I'm gonna give this a two point oh seven. 2.07 now am i too is that one too much of a base number like do i need to go 
like should I go one? No, no, no. One's fine. One's, one's suitable. Fine. It's okay. your it's your rating to give That's as you fair. please. Uh, I don't think we've ever gone past uh, two decimal places. Um, you know, I don't think we've ever gone past the hundredth place into the thousandth. But um, yeah. Am I the harshest critic that's been on this podcast? No, I think Karen's been the harshest critic. What, did, we, what did you make Karen watch? We made her watch um, uh, Jingle All the Way, and she she's still not talking to me. <laughs> did you get? Did she give it a zero? I think she got give it like a a point five or something. Okay, it was it was brutal. Whatever it was, wow. yeah, it was like significantly less than a one. It might be the lowest rating anyone's given any movie on this podcast. I am incredibly biased by my thoughts of Jingle All the Way because I watched it as a child. Me too. And I haven't watched it since. So <laughs> I would have to give it a three point. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what Star Wars? <laughs> uh, give, give it like yeah, a full point this, above that. This is at least Empire Strikes Back material. No. <laughs> Anyway, that is for a different podcast if we decide to review all the movies that you have since done before. Uh. <laughs> yes. That would be a good one, though. But I think that's going to wrap up our episode tonight. So, Colton, thanks for being here. Uh, you helped out in a pinch while, uh, while Jeff is off in uh, some kind of uh, fantastical realm uh, waging his war against maybe, evil sorcerers. Maybe he's doing a podcast there. I it, like a podcast in a fantasy realm. Yes, we'll have to check in with him. He yeah. might be. I don't have any proof that he isn't. Yeah, he could be doing like Lethal Weapon Five. <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah, Mel Gibson didn't say anything racist in that realm, so he, they were able to get him for Lethal Weapon Five. <laughs> Lethal Weapon Five is an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, though. Oh right, you so it's Lethal Weapon Six. <laughs> so it's Lethal Weapon Six. <laughs> yeah, they. They love it so much they did it again. It's Lethal Weapon five and a half. It's like the Lion King. They did one and a half. That's what this will be. They couldn't quite get the full mark due to racist remarks. And that's the end of the podcast. This metaphor is getting you away from you. We're going to end things here. But everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the belated box office podcast. And uh, we will catch you guys next time for another uh, movie review that uh, that just goes down the drain. Uh, thanks again for listening and have a great day. Cheers.